This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And I'm guessing you can hear in my voice, I'm still kind of getting over this uh, flu thing, who knows, and uh, so sorry that it sounds kind of weird. It sounds weird in my headphones as I'm recording, but it's definitely better than it has been, so I'm moving in the right direction. And for this episode, I want to share about something from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, and I want to talk a little bit about how easy it is for us to live in the moment. And, you know, often we talk about the importance of living in the moment and we talk about, oh man, it's, it's so key to not get hung up on the past or worried about the future, which is absolutely true. And actually, even as I'm saying that, maybe using that phrase living in the moment, maybe it's not even the right way to talk about what I mean, because what I'm talking about is how easy it is for us to almost be prisoners of the moment. Maybe that's a more clear way of trying to get across what I'm looking to talk about here, because it can be really easy for us to think that whatever's happening right now is what's going to keep happening. That if things are going kind of bad, that we can picture they're going to stay this level of bad or they're going to deteriorate over time. It's really kind of natural, I think, for most of us to picture that tomorrow is going to be like today and that a year from now is going to be like today. And I think when we're making plans and when we're trying to figure out how to move forward in life, it makes sense because that's sort of the only way that we can project into the future and predict how things are going to happen so that we know the best way to move forward with our plans. But what it doesn't factor in is that God is at work. And so, like I say, we can become prisoners of the moment and think, oh man, this person, or oh man, me as a person, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. We're going to be, they're going to be, I'm going to be stuck in this cycle. And what's happening right now is just going to continue to happen or it's going to get worse. And if we're really honest, that's the way that we think of things. Every now and again, there's the rare person that can paint this picture of the future where everything breaks right, where all the habits that they're wanting to stop, they stop, and all the ones they're wanting to start, they start. When we hear people talk about that kind of thing, we say, oh, that person, they've just got their head in the clouds. They're not living in reality. They're, you know, they're not even a glass half full kind of person. They're a person who can look at an empty table and pretend there's a glass there. Like they're just not living in actual reality. 
You know, sometimes um, I describe myself, I think I've talked about this before, I describe myself as a realist, but I think probably sometimes people would hear me talk and hear my take on things and describe me as a pessimist or a cynic. And so I can easily look at what's happening now and say, man, things aren't going to get a whole lot better. Things aren't going to move in the right direction. Things just are how they are. And in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, God is speaking through his prophet. And Isaiah is kind of broken up into... Um, by people who study it and look at it, the first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah are about his active ministry in Judah. And so he's talking currently to the people living in Judah and in the areas surrounding the nation and saying, hey, because of what's been happening here, because of unfaithfulness to God, his judgment is coming. And there's going to be punishment and there's going to be correction. And so that's the first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah. And then chapter 40 through the end looks way ahead. And sometimes this is called like a, a mountain range message because you see highlights coming in the future in chapters 40 through the end of the book of Isaiah. But there's no timeline, don't really know exactly when it's going to happen. And so that's the idea here, the, the mountain range message. You can't really make out the details. You can't really tell when one of those peaks is going to happen or really how it's differentiated from the one next to it. But he's speaking about what's coming ahead. Some in the far future, some in the semi-short-term future. But talking about, hey, even though right now something is happening, judgment, correction, and really... Um, Babylonian captivity is coming that's not going to be forever what happens next is God meets his people with grace and mercy and forgiveness and generosity and in chapter 55 starting in verse 10 God speaks through Isaiah and says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And when I read that passage right there, I'm reminded of the fact that even though I can start to be a prisoner of the moment, 
I can start to think that the way things are now is just the way things are going to continue to be. That God is reminding his people and reminding us as we read this prophecy from Isaiah that his word from his mouth does not return void. That even, and I, and I love how he compares this to the rain and snow. He, he says at the beginning of verse 10, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. And then he goes on and compares, that's comparable to my word. So, it got me thinking a little bit about, and I'm guessing that probably a 10-year-old in science class can describe the cycle of rain a whole lot better than I can. Because I, you know, I started thinking, okay, yeah, rain and snow comes down from heaven, okay, comes out of the sky, and it waters the earth. I, I got that. Okay, but then how does it get back up into the clouds and how does it get um, you know reabsorbed into the atmosphere I see I'm even describe even the way I'm questioning how this works is probably not right and so I went and I'm like what it how does that work so I just googled cycle of rain and if you do that you'll see that there are picture after picture of a little circle here where there's really not a, a starting or an ending point because this just continues to happen. And so what happens is water evaporates and this starts from surface water, so lakes and oceans and streams and those kind of things. This water evaporates and it's stored up in clouds and as enough of it gathers in one place, that becomes so heavy that it turns into precipitation, like God's talking about here, rain or snow. And that falls all over, provides water for the plants and the trees and the grass and the weeds and the flowers and all that stuff. And then that water filters down and it ends up in kind of groundwater which feeds its way back to, as water finds the lowest point, it feeds its way back to where this water is sort of held in storage in these big bodies of water. So whether that's, like I say, oceans, lakes, streams, that kind of thing, and the cycle starts over or the cycle continues. And I... I thought as I was looking at these pictures, it's interesting how even at the, the beginning, I was looking and going, why don't I get that obviously rain and snow come out of the sky and then somehow that moisture makes its way back up into the sky. I know that it happens, but I don't, I don't 
know how it happens. I couldn't draw it out. And even as I look at all that cycle of rain stuff, I probably couldn't draw it out again because I don't understand it. That doesn't mean that nobody understands it because lots of people do. And like I say, you could probably find a a 10-year-old that's just been in science class and they can understand it better than what I just explained. But I think it's pretty cool to think about the parallel that just like this cycle of rain is kind of always happening in the background, whether we see it or not, whether we understand it or not, this is what's happening. And God says just the same way that the rain and snow come down from heaven and don't return to heaven, don't make its way back up into the sky, into clouds, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I just think that's such a powerful and beautiful picture that whether we even realize it's happening in the background, whether we understand how the process works or not, just like precipitation, just like rain and snow, it does its thing whether we're realizing it or not. God is at work. His word, like he says, that comes out of his mouth. It doesn't return to him empty. God is at work. In these situations where it can be tempting for us to become prisoners of the moment and say, man, I just, uh, this, this relationship just, Nothing can move in the right direction here anymore. And we see people cutting people off out of their lives. Now, I'm not saying there's never a reason for that to happen. But what I'm saying is we probably use reasons that aren't reason enough for that to happen, to just say, hey, I'm, I'm done with you. And what we see here is that God is at work even when we don't understand, when we don't see how he's doing his thing, and his word will not return to him empty. And I found myself, as I read through this passage, thinking of a a couple different situations in my life where, if I'm honest, maybe I've never thought about it in this black and white of a way before, but if I'm honest, there are some circumstances and situations and relationships and people and difficulties in my life that I've sort of 
close the door on anything new happening. I've sort of just said, well, I guess that's just how that's going to be. I guess that's just how that relationship is. I guess that's just how that person is, and there's nothing that anyone can do about it. I guess it's just a lost cause. And when I do that, when we do that, I think often we're not factoring in what God is up to in the background because we don't see the way he's working or we don't understand the way that he's working. It can be easier. And I think we, we sometimes do this out of a sense of, Hey, I want to protect myself from setting my expectations too high and being disappointed or being let down or being hurt again. Instead of that, I guess I'm just going to expect things aren't going to change, or if they do, they're going to change for the worst, and then I'll be ready for it. And I think it's easy. Maybe it's not emotionally easy, but I think it's easy for us to fall into this pattern of thinking to say, Ah, well, I guess that's just a lost cause. And I'm reminded when I read through just these couple verses from Isaiah 55 that when God is at work, whether we see it or not, just like the cycle of rain and precipitation that happens in the background all day every day, that I, I don't think about it. I don't know that it's happening. But it's huge. It's I mean, if it doesn't, if it stops happening, then say goodbye to any of the food that we, pretty much any of the food that we eat. I'm just thinking of this now. I was thinking, well, yeah, the crops, you'll have to say goodbye to like corn and wheat and apples and oranges and you know and I start thinking and go yeah pretty much what we eat grows and even if we're talking about you know Twinkies and stuff like that that's at least got some food items (laughs) involved in it I think that grow somewhere some of it's probably lab made but some of it grows somewhere and if this little cycle not little, the cycle of rain and snow and precipitation, if it stops happening in the background, we're in trouble. And even if we sort of take it for granted that it's happening, now the audience that Isaiah was speaking these words to would have been way more intimately connected to, and this is what I mentioned several times in recent episodes, they're way more connected to the agricultural realities of life than many of us are. And they would have understood, man, if this cycle stops happening, if the rain goes away, 
if the rain falls but somehow doesn't water what it's supposed to water, um, we've got maybe, you know, six months worth of food that we can get by or a year or two years worth of food stored up somewhere, but we're, we're not going to make it if that stops happening. And that's the picture that God through Isaiah is giving of how he's at work, of how his word and how what he says works. You know, it's kind of a, um, I've talked about this idea before that when Jesus prayed and taught his disciples how to pray, to say, God, not, not our will, not our kingdom, but your will and your kingdom come here on earth just like it is in heaven. What he's saying is what you want, what you say, we want that to be a what you say goes kind of a situation. We want to get in line with the reality of you being in charge, of you being in control. And when I read this passage in Isaiah, I'm reminded of that kingdom idea of what God says is what needs to happen, is what happens, and that we want to make that more and more true in our lives. But we also want to believe more and more that whether we see it or not in these situations that we find ourselves in, in life. And like I said, whether that's a, a circumstance where we just can't see an outcome that isn't going to be as bad or worse than what we're living in right now. Whether it's a relationship that we just can't see there being a breakthrough of, hey, even if we had the tough conversation and even if we tried to quote unquote deal with some of the barriers and difficulties between us, I don't think that it would deal with it. I think we could have the conversation and walk away and then things are just going to keep going the way they've been going. And when I read this passage, I'm reminded of the way that God's at work. Again, whether we're seeing it or not, whether we're understanding it or not, whether we're actively involved in the process or not, God is at work and his word doesn't return to him empty. What he's up to when he's working to accomplish things, it's not wasted effort. It's not wasted energy. And if we stop believing that he can move in circumstances and situations and relationships in our lives, we're forgetting the reality of who he is, of what he 
has done in our lives and what he continues to want to do. And so I'm reminded from reading this passage that I'm, I'm too quick to give up on stuff. I'm too quick to give up on people. I'm too quick to give up on situations and just go, eh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time and effort and energy on that because it, it's been this way for so long. I just, I don't think anything could change here. And what I'm forgetting in that moment is that when God is at work, things happen. Whether we see it or not, whether we understand it or not, and if we get caught in these cycles, if we live life as prisoners of the moment, we're discounting the truth that God speaks here, that his word, just like the rain and the snow, doesn't return to him void, but will accomplish what he desires and achieve the purpose for which he sent it. It's an amazing thing. Remember, this is being spoken to people who, um, like I mentioned briefly, who Isaiah is prophesying and preaching about a coming fall and captivity into Babylon. And then this Chapter 55 is part of this mountaintop part of the message of saying, hey, but God's not done. We see things out here on the horizon. We don't know exactly when or how. We don't understand what this is going to look like exactly. But we know what God is like. And we know that he's in the business of bringing new life, new hope, new joy into situations that look hopeless. And Isaiah preaching this message in the midst of dealing with tough stuff that was coming in the short term to be able to still say, but God's at work. Whether we see it or not, whether we understand it or not, he's at work. And I'm reminded in some moments, I'm guessing even as I'm talking about this, you've got some mental images popping up in your head of, yeah, there's, there's some people, some relationships, some situations where I've kind of lost hope. I've kind of washed my hands of it. I've kind of said, well, it's a, it's a lost cause. And I think what we can all take and find is from this mountaintop message in kind of the second half of the book of Isaiah that we don't know exactly what it looks like. We don't know all the details. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But what we do know is that God is at work. And God does amazing things. God brings new, new, like I said before, new hope, new life, new joy, 
brings new. And when we're in the middle of what we're in the middle of right now, it can be so easy to forget that, to be a prisoner of the moment, to think what's happening is just going to keep happening or worse. But God is up to something. We might not see it right now. We might not even understand it if we did see some of the things going on. But his word doesn't return to him empty. And that right there is something that we can find hope in in all of life's tough circumstances.